I know God has a plan for me. I don't know what it is. I'm just out here trying to handle my bees. I'm going to leave that alone. I'm going to leave that alone. Stay in my calling. Let's hear it for the next generation, everybody. Um, I'm going to give the shortest sermon I've ever given. Because your time is gone. <laughs> so here we go. Father, help us now. Um, lead us open your word. Give us a feast from your word so that it might feed our souls, our inner man. Will you transform, cut, do surgery so that there might be alignment between what you want for us and what we want for us? Will you help us to abandon or will and receive your will for your glory we pray in Jesus' name and everybody said amen 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 um, thanks so much for being here everybody I just want to remind everybody at all of our campuses that this weekend we have a um, a volunteer push as we extend, expand to the four services um, we're trying to make sure everybody nobody is burnt out. If we're going to do that, then we need, we're asking God for 150 new volunteers uh, this week. So you got one of these. It's either in your chair. You got it when you come in. And we want you, if you've just been sitting on the sidelines and not getting in the game, we need your help to pull that off. So if you don't mind, just filling out one of these, dropping it off in the boxes. If you're online and you're watching us as well, uh, just go online and you can fill out the same form and just give it to us uh, through the digital format. But we need your help to continue to serve as um, God continues to bless our church. More people begin to come. We need to serve them well without burning out anybody. So if you want to help us do that, um, then we ask that you fill this out. Before you leave, you can do it right now during my sermon. I don't mind. And just send it in. All right. Uh, why don't you stand? Let's read the word of the Lord, everybody. And let's jump in it. We're, we're concluding our sermon series. And we're reading from uh, Joshua chapter 1. We have so far argued that what we, what we desperately need is to abandon a faith, a fear-driven life and embrace a love-driven life. There are two kind of houses you build in this, in this country and in our world today. One that the culture wants us to live, which is fear-based, and it is safety-driven. And God wants us to reject that and embrace a love-driven one whose foundation is trust and whose roof is heart, which means he focuses more on the inside than on the outside. So now to do that, though, to, to, to leave one and embrace the other, you're going to have courage. And so you're going to need it. And so we're going to go to Joshua chapter 1 and highlight the first five verses, and then we'll jump in. So everybody read, uh, students, you two, everybody together, real loud, like one big choir, everybody together. Now it, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, stop right there, please note, feel the emotion in the text. That Moses, the great leader, is now dead. The one that, that, that put the, the staff 
on the river and it parted, he is now dead. The one that has done all of these great works, he is now dead. And his assistant of 40 years, the assistant now has to take the mantle on. Can you imagine how, how nervous Joshua was, how afraid he was? He saw the land 40 years earlier when they sent them out to spy it, him and Caleb did, and now his great leader is dead and he must lead these people into the promised land. Don't miss the emotion of the text. Next verse, it gets even worse. Next verse says this. It says, read it with me. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, cross the Jordan, you and all those people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Watch the text again. He doesn't even wait. They waited one month. You've cried enough. Okay, let's go. Now, therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all the people, to the land which I am giving to you. He doesn't get to mourn for four years. He doesn't get to mourn for one year. He doesn't get to mourn for three months. After one month, the Lord said, all right, that's enough. Let's go. Now, Joshua has to pick that up. The young leader now, 80 years old, has to pick that up and run with it. Next verse. Here we go. Verse 3 says, listen, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I, just as I spoke to Moses, the same word I gave Moses, Joshua, I'm giving to you. Wherever you put your foot, it's going to be yours. If we believe that, uh, we should just go some places and just start trampling and say, all right, God, all right, I'm clean. This is my Joshua chapter one prayer right here. I'm praying over this right here, God, in the name of Jesus. Now, hold on. And if this lines with your will and not my lust, then you can give it. See, you missed that. If it aligns with your will and not my lust, then please, God, do what only you can do and give me my territory. Somebody should be praying and saying, God, expand my territory. Expand my territory, God. But not with my lust, but with your will. My God, my God, my God. Verse number five. Go to verse five for me. Watch this now. This is the most important verse in all nine verses of this pericope. Here we go. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Stop. Most important phrase right now. You're going to read it. If you have a Bible, mark it up. If you have your phone, highlight it. Whatever you do, make sure you remember this passage right here. Read it real loud. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. See, you didn't get it. You didn't get it. You didn't get it. Uh, in your last job, God was with you. He says, in your new job, I'm going to be with you too. He says, when, when, you were, when you were 14, you broke up with somebody and you thought you couldn't survive. Just as you were with Ray Ray, so you will be with Johnny. Come on, somebody. He says, I will be with you. Let me say it again. I was with Moses. Just as I was with him, I'm going to be with you. Hey, Joshua, I know you think you can't do it without Mo, but I'm telling you, Mo ain't the important one you want. What you want is me, not Mo. 
just as I was with Moses, so I'm going to be with you. No matter your circumstance, he says, I know you miss somebody. I know you can't believe they're gone. I know, he said, just as I was with them, I'm going to be with you. The good news is that God is with you. Watch it. Read it one more time. Just as I have been with I will be with you. What's the next phrase? I will nor Oh, you see, you missed that right there. You missed that right there. Your ex might have forsaken you. I won't. Don't account to me what they did to you. Just because they left you, I ain't going to leave you. I'm the one that was with you when you were in your mama's womb. I'm going to be with you when you give your last breath. Just as I was with Moses, I'll be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. They fired you from your job. I promise you, they might fire you. I ain't never going to fire you because I love you too much. Just as I was with Moses. I'm, don't ever forget this. Just as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. Wherever you go, even if it's in the middle of foolishness, I'm still going to be with you. Because that's how much I love you. Come on, look at, look, at, look, look at your neighbor and tell them, he's going to be with you. Look at the other one, he's going to be with you. Come on, take your seats. Give it up for God as you take your seats. Give it up for God who will always be with you as you take your seat. Here's what we've been saying in our series as we conclude it today. And we go to another series starting not next week, but the week after. Here's what he says. He says, what I want you to pursue is love driven by trust. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I want that to be, I want that to be the driver of your car. Once you do that, the only way you can do it is if you trust me. And as you trust me, I'm going to ask you to trust others as well. But you have to do it with the right heart. You've got to trust me with the right heart, knowing that I work all things together for good, which therefore means I don't want you to go the way of materialism and make it a God. I want you to go the way of relationships and realize that I've called you to be a blessing to people. In light of that, he suggests, therefore, I want you to be in submission to my will, and then I want you to mutually submit with those I've asked you to care for. That's what he suggested. That's the house He's calling you to build. However, the problem is that it takes courage in a faithless world to live like this. It takes courage. You've got to step out and you've got to daily decide that I'm not going to choose safety, but I'm going to choose what's right, and that is to love my brothers and sisters in Christ. If I'm going to do that, it's going to take courage. That's why Joshua says, go to verse number six for me now. That's why Joshua says, be strong and courageous. He said it three times in this passage, be strong. Why do you need to be strong? Because the temptation is going to be for you to be weak. The temptation is going to be for you to do what's, what's, what's normative, what's normal in your life, to do what the rest of the culture does. That's going to be your temptation, but that's not what I'm calling you to do. He says, I don't want you to be weak. I want you to be strong. I want you to put your shoulders back. 
And I want you to say, as for me and my family, we're going to love even when it's hard. We're going to love. We're going to increase our ability to endure pain even when it's painful. I'm still going to be strong because he promises me he's going to be with me. And he will never leave me nor forsake me. And if he is in the car, driving the car, I'm good because his ways are not like mine. He says, be strong. But then he also says, be courageous. What does that mean? It means now that you're going to be discouraged sometimes. And your head's going to be down. And you're not going to want to pursue it. And you're going to want to choose the easier path. The road that everybody's walking on. And he said, no, 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 no. I've called you for this. I've built you for this. This is why you're here. In light of that, he says, what I want you to do is be strong and courageous. Say it with me three times. Be strong and courageous. Two more times. Be and last time B and so what you need to know is what's happening in the text as we go through it there's a big story happening in the text and the story is God says I'm going to deliver you from something then I'm going to develop you and then I'm going to walk you into your destiny let me say that again don't miss it I'm going to deliver you out of slavery then I'm going to develop you as you walk around the wilderness. And what I'm really trying to do in the wilderness is I'm trying to show you that you really shouldn't trust anybody else or anything else but me. And I'm going to do this for 40 years because your head tough and you don't get it easily. So I'm going to keep this developmental process going for 40 years to prepare you for the destiny that I have for you. And so when you look at it in those three segments, uh, first he says, I'm going to deliver you. Then he says, I'm going to develop you. Then you're going to walk into your destiny. When we get to this point in the passage, he's getting ready to introduce them to their destiny. He's gone through the deliverance. He's gone through some of the development. And now that's where he is. Now, for most of you, when you see this apple, um, what you see is just an apple. I saw this great illustration. And I'm stealing it for the glory of God. So I saw this apple and what you see is an apple. But that's not all I see. You know what I see? I see an orchard. I don't just see an apple. The problem is somebody's going to pick this apple. They pick it. Then for it to become the orchard, some development has to take place. So then they have to start peeling. And they got to peel. Now it's not fun to peel the apple. But they got to start peeling it, and it's, they're peeling and peeling to get stuff that shouldn't be there to get to the core of the apple because the orchard is found in the core. So they got to keep peeling away stuff to get to the thing that will develop an orchard. So if you wait in 20 or so years, if you keep cutting stuff away, and cutting stuff away. It ain't going to feel good. But in cutting stuff. But God has a point in the cutting. He's not just cutting. He cutting because he's getting to something. If you're going to achieve your full purpose for God. He's got to cut some things away from your life. 
so that he can get to what matters most and that is you walking into your destiny and your destiny is not just about you and what's in it for you your destiny is in how you can be a blessing to others so God's going to keep cutting he's going to see an attitude he's got to get out of you he's going to see he's going to see a habit he's got that, 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 that that's not going to work that's not going to work when I get you to where I want you to be he's going to have to cut some people out of your life I got to get him out. I got to get her out. They got. They cannot stay there because they cannot handle the next level. So I know you're crying now, but you're going to thank me later because all things work together. All cutting works together for good because and according to his purpose. So the next time you feel a little cutting away, what you ought to do is get your praise on because you know God's trying to get you to your destiny. The next time something happens in your life, you lose a job, you didn't get the promotion you want, you didn't get the child that you want, you didn't get the grade you want, you didn't get the stuff you want. All that is, is a good God saying, I got to get to the bottom of this deal. I got to get to the core. I got to cut it out of you because if I cut it out of you, then there are orchards waiting to develop. So ladies and gentlemen, let me show you what he's after. What he's really after is he's trying to get you to the place where you can see what matters most to God. Not to you, but to God. See, what matters most to God is this thing right here. He's trying to cut it all the way off, cut stuff out. Mm-hmm. Cut that out. Cut out that, that, that career you wanted, but he didn't want. You wanted that because you thought that if I go down that path, I'm going to get more money. And you think all of life is about money. So you, he's trying to cut that away so he can get to the core of who you are. Listen now, fam. Because when he gets to the core, mm, what's at that core is a seed. <laughs> And what, what, what he's trying to get to is to plant you. Because when he plants you, now there's going to be a blossoming of who you are. And now other people are going to get to sit under your shade and eat from the fruit that you produce. And other people is going to be blessed all because God done did all the pruning away. And all the pruning got to the core, which now can be used for the glory of God. Listen, family, listen now, listen, 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 listen. There are only two ways to get to the core. Cutting it away, or you can rot. Now, here's the problem. There are too many Christians that never knew what God has called them to do and never fulfilled their destiny. And they just sat and rotted. Because every time God tried to cut, you ran away. Every time God tried to cut, you decide that you want to do God no more and you can't stand God. Every time he took something away from you, now you're getting mad at God instead of appreciating him for all that he has already done for you. He's got a purpose in the cutting. And that purpose is to get to the core so he can produce an orchard through your life. Can I get a witness, OCC? My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Somebody up in here is going to run out of here and say, God, produce whatever you want me to be. Because what you're after is God's purpose and not your comfort.
So here's what I want you to say. No, this is painful to say, but I want you to say. Prune me, Lord. See, about, 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 about 200 of y'all didn't say it. Because you'd be like, no. Oh, no, what am I mean, God? Let's get to the text. I got eight of these I want to share, and then I'm done. Eight. I got eight principles I want to share with you. And here's what this text highlights for us today. It highlights how you become successful. It highlights this whole passage. He uses the word success twice in it, but it's not the success you think. He uses it twice to say, if you follow this, then I'm going to show you how you become successful. That's good news for somebody today. I, I want to be successful. I want to be a success. Not the cultural way, God's way. That's what he shows you. And, and by the tag I gave this passage is get in purpose. Get in purpose. Get in purpose. Say that with me twice. Get in purpose. Two more times. Get in Last time. Get in Let's see. Number one. First thing, I want you to know if you're going to get there. Is that God's vision is bigger than a person. The person may die, but God's purpose never does. Listen, family, let me remind you again. Moses is dead. See, what I love about God is he's not attracted to personalities. He's attracted to his purpose. What I love about God is he says, I don't want you to be attracted to personalities either. Because when the personality goes, my purpose is still going to be flowing forward. So I don't care, he says, about you wanting to follow a personality on Instagram or a personality on YouTube or a personality on Facebook. What I want you to know is you better find my purpose, hang out there, because I might remove that personality. And if you hanging on to that personality, when I remove them, it's going to be a cutting away and you're going to cry over it instead of realizing all the time that it was all about my purpose. This is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. It is. Moses, the one, the fearless leader, the one who led the children of Israel, two million of them, out of bondage and thought he was headed straight to the promised land. God says, he's gone. No, Joshua, it's your turn. And Joshua, you need to follow my purpose. I know, how are we going to do it without my boy Moses, God? We can't do this without Moses. He says, you have me, don't you? You've got my purpose, don't you? You've got my promise. I promise you I was taking you to this promised land. So don't worry about Moses. You can cry over Moses for one month and then let's get to work again. It's a big deal. You see, but it's not just people that sometimes get cut away. Sometimes it's the Sometimes it's the good. Sometimes it's the bad. And sometimes it's the ugly things in our lives. Pastor, what do you mean by the good things in our life? When I say the good things, I mean the stuff that you love. The stuff that you just enjoy doing. The stuff that you enjoy experiencing. And God says, that's enough of that. It's a new season now. And if your God is only good to do it back then, but he can't do it now, then your God is irrelevant. He's not relevant to the current situation that you find yourself in. So the good things, while you enjoy them, while you celebrate them, while you thank God for them... It is seldom that he's going to do the same thing the same way. So he's going to have to do it in a new way as you go into this new season. And so your assignment it is to say, God, I thank you for that. But I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And I can't wait to see your goodness and your mercy as we go into this new season. But secondly, there's some things that's going to cut away that's negative. You know what the negative things are. That's the sins you commit, the errors you've made, the, res- the regrets that you have, the mistakes that you have made. And here's what he's saying. Don't let your mess up of yesterday become your mess up of today. That's what you did yesterday. Don't bring that into today. 
deal with it, heal from it in yesterday, so that when you walk into today, God's doing a new thing. Do not allow some of the people that were in your yesterday that were negative to come into the season. Do not allow the habits that you had yesterday to come into this season. Do not allow your hang-ups into yesterday to come into this season. He says, leave them there. Get healing from them there. Work through them there so that when I take you into your promised land, when I take you here, you don't bring those habits back here as well. Oh, somebody know they got some habits that God is talking to them about right now. I feel it in this section today that somebody knows you need, you need to deal with it before God takes you into the next situation. You need to deal with it before he takes you into your marriage. You need to deal with it before he takes you into this new job opportunity. You need to deal with it before he takes you off to college. You need to deal with it because in the new opportunities, when the lights of life start shining on you, it's going to get so hot, you're going to go to the crutches that you had in the last generation. Can I get a witness, somebody? Ma, 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 ma. He says, you got to deal with the stuff in your past. But then there's a third one. That's the ugly. The good, the bad, no, the ugly. What's the ugly? The ugly is the stuff that happened to you that wasn't your fault. The stuff, the negative stuff that happened that wasn't your fault. The abuse, the false accusation, the stuff that happened to you that you, that it wasn't your fault. Somebody else did it to you, but it's painful. The stuff like my boy Joseph, when he was sold into slavery. And he had to deal with the thing he had to deal with. Now, all of a sudden, Joe, Joe, when you come into this new season, don't bring that old baggage back up here. Because now it's going to impact how you see your brothers. I brought you, I was cutting you to get to the core. So that not only your brothers will get blessed, but the whole nation and other nations was going to get blessed. Do not bring that back up. Deal with it in the past so that you can be a blessing to your brothers when they show up begging you for stuff after they done sold you into slavery. He says, get healing from it over there. So when you come here, you can really be the blessing that I have called you to be. Somebody need to deal with something back here. Ugly. Something that you hate. Some that, that, you, that you still have strong emotions about before you get into what God has for you. Number two, fam, come on, let's go. I got I to gotta hasten this up. Don't judge your future by your present circumstances. Don't judge your future. Where God is taking you, don't judge where you are now and think who you are today is who you're going to be in the future. A hater probably told you that, hey, you ain't measure up to nobody. You ain't going to be no good. That is a lie from the devil himself. What God has for you, he has created for you and purpose for you to have. Therefore, you need to walk in the fact that who you are today is not going to be who you become in the future. Your focus then is to say, God, that's where I'm going. So I'm going dressed like I'm going there, no matter what everybody around me has on. Ah, you're not feeling me. It's okay, you're not feeling me. It's okay, it's okay. Um, um, uh, you ever go in a hotel and you go into a wedding and you dress up for the wedding and you go down to the lobby and everybody in the lobby, you know what they do? They go into the pool, they go into the bar, they go into breakfast, they doing everything else. They're in, they in some uh, flip-flops, they're in some shorts and you, be like, you look weird there. You look around and like, ain't nobody look like me here. 
What's wrong? They're not dressed the part. That's because they ain't going where you going. You got to dress the part to go where you going. You going to a wedding, then you dress up for the wedding. Now watch this. You better not stay there long, because if you stay there long, you're going to feel uncomfortable and take off where God is taking you and become like they are. That's why you got to know who you're supposed to be in so that you can step into your future dressed like you're supposed to dress or else you will start hanging out with folk by the pool, dressing up in a three-piece suit, talking about you going to the pool. That ain't where God's taking you. He's taking you somewhere else. That's what he says. Don't judge your future by your present circumstances. And if your present circumstances or the people around you now don't want to go where God is taking you, then you need to say, excuse me, but I've got to dress for where he's taking me. My God. Number three. Come on. I don't have time for y'all. Come on. Number three. Now watch this one. Mm -mm -mm -mm. You see how simple this is? Find a purpose bigger than you. Now, let me, let, me, let me get close to you to talk about this one. Do you realize that most, most, most people in the world, their, few, their, their purpose is all about them? Most of us. Our purpose is all about us. So if God answers all your prayers, and you get all the money you want, all everything, everything you ever want, you get it all, guess who's going to get blessed? You, your family, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, and you're going to leave a legacy. Oh, yeah, they got a legacy as if it's just about you. No, 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 no. When he cuts to the core, it's never just about you. When he cuts to the core, it's because he wants you to be a blessing to thousands of people, not just you and your family. So we need to go dream again, get a word from God again, so we can have a purpose bigger than anything we've ever seen in our lives. And some of you need to get around some people that are smarter than you so you can hear some visions like you've never heard so it will adjust your thinking so that you can think at a different level to get where God wants you to go. I'll never, I'll tell you this story already, but it's so incredibly applicable to what we're talking about now. I went to Nigeria, and in Nigeria, I talked to this dude. Now, now I'm going to say, I'm going to say I talked to this fool, but I mean it in a good way. He's a bishop, but his thinking is so vast, I couldn't believe it. This dude was talking about, oh, what, what you praying for, Doc? What you, just what you dreaming about? What you praying about? Well, I can't wait for the day, and it's coming soon, before I die where we're going to have a satellite in space. <laughs> what do you mean you're going to have a satellite? They don't, they, they, we can't even get up there yet. That's because that's all you can see. But when you spend time with God, he shows you stuff you can't see. You see, too many of our prayers and too many of our visions, you can see. Which therefore means you don't need God because you can see how you can get from A to Z. But when God gives you something deep down inside and you tell somebody, they're going to laugh at you. And they're going to say, ha ha, that ain't never going to happen. Okay, sit back, tighten your seatbelt and watch my God work. When this man told me, I can't wait to get our first campus in space. In where? space like outside of earth yes I had to go check my relationship with God 
But those are the kind of friends you want. That when they challenge you, you be like, this fool at a different dimension. I need to get to that dimension in Jesus' name. You mean you're going to have a campus in space, dude? Well, I didn't even know if it's safe. That's safe. I know a couple people go up there. But he says, it's coming. No, notice what he's not thinking about. He's not thinking about how he can get people from earth to moon to make as much money as he can. That's what he's thinking about. He's thinking about them people who go to, to space go and need a church. So I'm going to set up the first church so they can know about God when they get to space. What kind of thinking is that? I'm trying to get to Garland. I'm trying to get to Fort Worth. This is what I'm talking about, Fort Worth. Garland. I'm trying to get them to space. That's where the next frontier is. Space. You got friends like that? Who are dreaming so big? When you hear it, you, you walk away laughing. <laughs> that's, no, that's a fool. No, that's a fool. Talking about he going to space in his lifetime. No, that's a fool. But it makes you wonder what kind of God does he serve? That God has whispered in his soul. That's where you're going next. You got friends like that? Here, here, let me hear one more than a more. Is your purpose bigger than you? That's all I want to ask. Is your purpose just for you and your kids that are over in their children? Is that all you got? So God must bless you just for you. It just must be all about you. Your retirement and your, your legacy. Just you. Ain't nobody else getting blessed but your lineage. Come on, man. That's, 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 that's too small. Dream bigger dreams. Expand it. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Falwell, Liberty New University. Um, uh, his son, which is now in the 60s, uh, this last week, telling the story about um, how his dad used to take him to the fields. He's five years old. And his dad would take him to the fields and he'd walk around the fields and, and he'd say, son, go play. And he would just be walking around the fields like this, just walking around. 9,000 acres, walking around the fields, walking around the fields. So after about three or four times of him, his dad taking him, he says, dad, why are you sending him out to play? What are you going over there to do? He says, son, I'm praying Joshua chapter one over these 9,000 acres because I see something in the future that God wants to do here. What, what, what do you see, Dad? I see, I see a training center for Christians. What? Today, right now, this la- as according to this last week, Liberty University is serving 113, listen, stop, 113,000 people online in their school. 15,000 kids right now on their property. That same property, he dead and gone. But 113,000 kids are being benefited from the prayer he prayed 50 plus years ago, asking God to do something, not just for him, but for Christians everywhere for the glory of God. Come on, man. Find a purpose bigger than you. Students, dream. Don't let what you can see limit you. You're going to do far greater than what you see anybody or any of your parents have done. But it starts with you dreaming. And it starts with you dreaming and listening to God and saying, God, what do you want done? The bigger that dream, the more people are going to get blessed. Number four, come on, let's go. Number four says this. 
in a changing environment, you must have faith because you don't have the facts to stand on. In a changing environment, you must have faith because you don't have the facts to stand on. Which is why in a changing environment, in the culture we live today, pray for me by the way, in the culture we live today, okay, just, just, just say a quick prayer because it'll be, it'll be live TV if I fall. Um, the ratings will go up for the glory of God. Um, um, but all I'm trying to suggest to you, in A, look at, look at my wife. Go, actually, when, don't look at Jada. Go in the chat to see what Jada is saying. Because that's what Jada light up the chat. She'll be like, oh, Lord, what are you going to do now? Okay? Watch this, watch this, watch this. All I'm trying to suggest to you, in a changing environment, in an environment that's unstable, in an environment that, that's the world we live in today, that's uncertain, in an environment where you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, in an environment where you don't have facts, that's why you need to trust God. Where are they going? They're going into the promised land. They're going to have to fight 31 battles. They're going to have to fight 33 enemies. And they don't know who they're going to fight, what it's going to look like, and it's unstable. You know the only person they can trust in that? Not the facts, but the faith in Yahweh God. Ladies and gentlemen, in this current culture, you don't need facts. You need something that anchors you, which is why you need faith in Jesus the Christ. Can I get a witness, somebody? That's what you need. I'm telling you, that's what you need. When everybody else wants to say you don't need Jesus, that's when you need him the most because of the uncertainty of what's going on in our culture today. So in a, in a changing environment, what you need is Jesus. What you need is trusting in him what you need is to depend on him and not on your understanding. And then watch, he will show you the way to go. Next one, come on, number, number five. Number five says, oh my God. Number five says, the promise is not the property, it's his presence. Don't, don't, don't miss it, the promise. Hey man, I'm going to give you all this territory, I'm going to give you all this land. That's not the real promise, it's the camouflage promise. Let me show you what I mean. You see, many of us, what we really want is we want the stuff. We want the stuff in the world. We want, we want the cars and we want the houses and we want the investment properties and we want kids to have a good education and we want all the stuff. And if you're not careful, you will learn to lean on that stuff. And you will think, here go God, you promised me that you are never going to forsake me. You promised me you're going to give me what I want. And you, he didn't promise you that, but that's what you think. And he promised you, he promised, and then you're going to start leaning on it too much. As they go into the promised land. If they're not careful, they're going to lean on the territory that they got too long. And they're going to think that the promise was the land, the possession, and the territory. That is not. That's only the camouflage. What did God say? Every time he says, I'm going to give you something, here's what he says. I will be with you. Every time. I will be with you. Two more times. You say it with me now. I will be with you. Last time, everybody. I will be with you. Here's why this is so important. Because if you depend on the thing that you lean on, the property, the house, the car, the insurance, the annuity, whatever you got, if you're depending on it and the enemy takes it away from you, now you're going to fall and you're going to have a crisis. And God says, if you have me, it don't matter what he takes from you. Because if you have me, then it won't be a crisis for you. Because the devil can't take me away from you. That's so important to know. 
the reason why people get all bent out of shape is because when, when God allows the enemy to take something, all of a sudden you say, that's what I built my whole life around. Well, your whole life has no business being built around anything else except Jesus Christ. And so what we have to do, students in particular, as you go to college, as you go through high school, you must build your life not on being famous, not on being the most famous YouTuber, not on being the most famous uh, 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 student, not on having the highest grade, although all of those are fine, noble things to pursue. What he's suggesting is, I need you to build your life on me. I need you to fall in love with me because if I love you, I'll give you as much as I have to give you that's according to my will but if you fall in love with the stuff and the enemy takes it away now you're going to be depressed you're going to be frustrated you're going to be there's no good god out there because you set your life up on something that could fail you jesus says i will never leave you and i will never forsake you come on if you're old enough to know that for a fact let me hear you give god some praise number six Number six, God will always protect his promise. So get wrapped up in his, pro- in his purpose. And, the, and he will protect you. God will always protect his purpose. So get wrapped up in his purpose. And he'll always protect you. This is so important. Let's go see if we can get out of here. Here's what he says. He says, many of you are looking for safety. What do you want? I want to be safe. I don't want anything to happen to me. I don't want anything to happen to my kids. Here's what you do then. What God showed Joshua is that here's what's safe is my purpose because I'm committed to my purpose. So if you find what my purpose is, listen, and wrap your life and your family's life around my purpose, then wherever my purpose is, that will be a safe place because I'm committed to making sure my perfect purpose gets done in this world. Your whole life then should not be spended trying to accomplish your kingdom or your purpose, but his kingdom and his purpose. That's why he says, seek he first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. But you got to seek him, seek his purposes first. There's too many people that go to their grave seeking their own purpose and never understand or discover the purposes of God for their lives. That's why, man, I'm pleading with you to go find what God's called you to do so that you can wrap yourself up in God's purposes for you. That's why, ladies, leave him alone if you don't know his purpose. Because if you don't know his purpose and you marry him, all of a sudden now you're going places and getting, and getting into difficult situations because he is over here and God's purpose is over here. you got to make sure he's up under God's purpose so that wherever you, he is, you are, and then you you got safety all around you. Find his purpose and you'll find all the protection you need. Which means if you're being challenged a whole lot, you want to ask, am I in his purpose? If you're facing all kinds of battles, you have to ask, am I in his purpose? Because if you're in his purpose, you can, you can go to sleep. Because he's going to take care of his purpose. The question you ought to ask if you're not is am I bringing these battles on myself because he's using it as a source to get me under his purpose. Lord, have mercy. You need to ask yourself when you're facing uncertainty, God, am I, am I where you want me to be? Because you might be bringing some pain on your own self and not even know it. Number seven, come on. We got two more and then we're done. 
Oh my goodness. God will never, never, ever, ever give you, give us a schedule so full we leave no time for him. That's why in the text he said, don't, don't miss it, don't miss it. I'm going to read it in the text so you get it. Let's pick it up at verse number, let's pick it up at verse number seven. Pick it up at verse number seven if you don't mind. Here's what it says, only be strong and courageous. Here we go. And be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Here we go. Don't turn to, to the right nor the left so that you may have success wherever you go. Here's what he's saying. Don't think you can do my purpose without me. So your schedule must reflect that you know where the power source comes from as you fulfill your purpose. Do not try to get there without me. That's why he says, meditate on it day, meditate on it night. So therefore, if you have a schedule that you're pursuing right now, and it don't have you meditating on God's word day and night. That's why we gave you the book, the catechism, to walk through it so you can know the whole counsel of God, the theology of God. Why is that so important? Because if you don't know him and meditate on him day and night, then whatever you're doing is not in his will. Because he says, I'm not going to give you a schedule so full that you leave God out. I'm not going to do it. If it's mine, if it's my will, if it's my purpose, then I got to be in the middle of that. And if I'm not, by your time, when I look at your schedule, if I'm not, and your time doesn't reflect that you're spending time with me, then whatever you're doing is activity, but it's not divine activity. Last one, let's go. We'll go home on this last one. Here we go. Pick it up again. Number eight. Here's what it says. You have been given the promise. You've been given the promise by permission. But you have to take it by, come on everybody, you've been given the promise by permission, but you have to take it by, last time you've been given the promise by permission. You've been given it, it's yours, but you've got to take it by, why does everybody want everything easy? Why do you just think you just show up and yeah, they'll just lay it all out there for you? What do you think they have on there? Hey, take me, I'm free. When they go to all these battles to face us, okay, we give up, just come on in. That's, that's not what happened in the promised land. They had to fight. And they had to fight with unconventional weapons to get what God had for them. But we have a generation of believers that are growing up thinking, you just have the right to it, and you should just walk in it without a fight. Ah, uh, okay, okay, you're not feeling that. Um, um, uh, there, 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 there are two ways that kids play volleyball or soccer or or, or any of these sports. Let me show you how they do it. They, they got the recreational league. Recreational league. That means you just live in the neighborhood and you want to play a little sport. So they, they say, yeah, just come over to, 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 to PSA and, uh, and join a team. And, and you get to join a team and you get to, you, then you go to a practice and you see who you're going to play with and you just go. And, you know, maybe you have a practice, maybe you don't, but you have a game on the weekend and then you just go. And at that game, by the way, um, everybody gets to play. Everybody, hey man, come on in, Johnny. Hey, Ray, come on in, Ray. Hey, 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 Rilo, come on in here. Can't play, don't know, on the field. Of the oh, hey. And then, and then, and then, and then they said, hey, good job, you guys. They got being 15 to nothing. Good job, you guys. Great job. God is so good. Let's huddle around and pray. Oh, my gosh. Isn't it good just for us to be outside and just talk, even though you didn't know where the ball was? 
That's the recreational league. Oh, my God. But there's club. Club a different league. Oh, no, you come into practice. And you're not doing it one day a week. You're doing it about three days a week. And, uh, and, 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 and for recreational league practice, they just throw one or two balls out there. And you just say, okay. That's all you have to do. Oh, my God, it's a good job, you guys. Club. Oh, no, 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 no. You ain't come to practice three days a week. Then we have games on the weekends. Oh, by the way, it's going to cost you something, too, to play that one. It's going to cost you something. And, by the way, we don't just play locally. We play here. We play in Arlington. We play, we play all. And then every now and again, we got to go out of state, too. So we're going to California because we're going to New York. We're going to play other people that are playing at the highest level around. It's going to cost you something. And, by the way, everybody don't play. If you ain't good, we're cutting you. Somebody else getting in the game. You ain't playing because you're not good. You're not doing the work when we give you the work during the off days to go practice. So therefore, you ain't playing. Oh, oh, oh by the way, recreational league, at the end of it, everybody gets a medal, everybody gets a trophy. Good job, you guys. Woo! No, listen, listen, listen. Can I tell you what's happening in our world? We got too many Christians that think you're in a recreational league. That's the problem. You think you're in a recreational league and you just show up and say, God, don't, I came to church, God. You better be grateful I came to church, God. See, I got up. I'm not like those who say, I got up and I came to church, God. And so you better bless me this week, God, because I did good. Didn't I, God? Didn't I do good this week, God? We got too many Christians that are like that. Listen to me, fam. Listen, listen, listen. The stakes are too high, man. The devil is trying to take Christians out. They don't want this country to be a Christian country anymore. They want it to be a secularist country where you think you get everything without Jesus. That's how high these stakes are. So God says, you're, you're going to fight some enemies. They're not going to like you. They're going to despise you. And I want you to be bold and be courageous in the midst of haters that don't like the fact that you trust Jesus and that you believe there's one way to heaven and that is through the man Christ Jesus. They're not going to like you for that. Ain't no participation trophy here. You show up and you put your war clothes on and you go to battle for the glory of God. What is wrong with us? We want to play everything safe. God says no. You're not battling against flesh and blood. The enemy wants to take you out. He wants to embarrass you. He wants you to look like a nobody so the world can laugh at you. And he says, gird up yourself, Ephesians chapter 6. Put on the whole armor of God. Get ready for battle. And know that he will be with you in the battle. So it doesn't matter what they come up against you with. He says, on your best day I'm with you. On your worst day I'm with you. And you fight that battle because the battle has already been won. You're just mopping it up for the glory of God. My God, my God, my God, get in purpose, get in purpose, get in purpose. That's the safest place on the planet to be. Heavenly Father, will you help this body of believers abandon recreational Christianity and embrace fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ? Will you help every student in this house today abandon recreational Christianity on their campuses and embrace an abandonment? to Jesus Christ and his mission and purpose 
for their lives. God, I pray for those who are weak today, discouraged today, those who think they're not going to make it today. Will you remind them of your command? Be strong and courageous. Will you remind them to get, all of us, to get in purpose, to dream bigger dreams than we've ever dreamt before, to help us, God, to spend our time with you, meditate on your word day and night so that we be careful to do what it says. And when you speak to us, God, will you then give us grander visions than we ever dreamt of so that not only our family is blessed, but any person that is interested in what the gospel of Jesus Christ has to say. We pray this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, come on, if you're happy and you know it, and you know it's because of Jesus, let's give him some praise, fam.